legacy. We're excited to talk about what it is for our church. For those of you that haven't been a part of what we're doing or you haven't been in the past a part of this thing called legacy, um, every year as a church, we devote ourselves to uh, what we believe to be an offering. Uh, we see in scripture, and uh, if you'd like to read more about this, there's a great book out there by Pastor Robert Morris called The Blessed Life. But we believe that there's three kinds of giving in scripture. You see a tithe, you see an offering, and then you see where somebody makes an extravagant offering. Uh, I love when Pastor Robert teases and he says that extravagant offering could also be called a painful offering. It's one that kind of just hurts a little as you give, you know, like, oh. And, uh, and so there's three kinds of giving. And so as a church, we believe in generosity. We believe uh, that we're committed to living a lifestyle uh, of generosity. We, we just believe that it's the way to live. It's, you know, uh, it's not... We're not designed to be takers and keepers and hoarders of everything that God gives us. Uh, he instructed us in the very beginning, as he said to Abraham, he said, look, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great so that you can bless others. We're, we're called to be like these blessing machines. We receive so that we can give. Are you tracking with me? And so as a church, we want to live that. We want to model that. We want to be a part of that. And so each year we commit ourselves to, okay, God, we want to step into the offering, sometimes the extravagant offering part of it. What are you calling us to do as a church to step out and to come together in unity and give and sacrifice? And so we've devoted a series every year uh, to it. What does it look like? What are you calling us into? And God always uh, miraculously uh, sets it up perfectly for us to be able to go and accomplish something through legacy. And I'll say this about legacy. Legacy for us as a church, we've been very specific about legacy never going essentially to almost our own thing. It's always about expansion. Uh, we'll never make a staff hire or increase salaries or do anything uh, inward focused like that through legacy. It's always a way for us to be able to expand and reach more. It's a way for us to strengthen the nets and, and sow some more on so that we can cast and go harvest more. Are you with me? That's the purpose of legacy. And so uh, I love this idea. <clears throat> I wish we could sit here and go, you know, I, you know, I just wish we didn't have to talk about legacy and offering and money, and it makes me uncomfortable. And, and uh, as a young pastor, I'll tell you what, it would make me more uncomfortable to talk about money than you. And, uh, and it's a, you know, but if I robbed you of the opportunity of sowing and reaping, what a huge disservice I would do as a pastor. Are you with me? Yeah. Because God has just put so much promise in it. And so here's the deal when it comes to our money or our resources or our time or our calendars, whatever it is, we've got to keep this in the back of our mind. God has not called us to comfort. We wish we could be like, oh, the more I grow in God, the more comfortable, the more everything's going to stay in perfect place. It's just not a truth. But God is the comforter. So I'm not saying that, oh, you sign up and you follow God and you give your life. I'm not saying you're signing up to be derailed and stepped on and walked over. I'm not saying that either. Because he promises peace that passes understanding, and he's the great comforter. But he's also called us to be people who, what, step out of the boat. All, all the times that Jesus walked among people, he was calling them out of comfort zones into their God-called zones. Are you with me? And that's what legacy does for us as a church. Uh, I thought about this. I wish we could be a people who say, you know what, sacrifice isn't for me. I don't have to do that. Because I'm righteous, and I go to church, and I read my Bible, and I serve, and I worship, and I pay my tithe, and I, do, and I raise my kids right, and they go to a Christian school, and we put all these things about how we got it all in order, right? So I don't need to sacrifice. I'm, 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 a, I'm an obedient person. I don't need to sacrifice. 
The person that would have a hard time with that statement is probably Noah. Noah, the scripture said, he was found blameless. I don't think any of you would make that claim, right? <laughs> he was found blameless among his people. And then God called him into one of the greatest sacrifices of all time. I'm going to need you to build this ark. I'm going to need you. So just because you got everything buttoned up and put together and God's hand is on your life doesn't make you exempt from God calling you into great sacrifice. And that's the way we want to live as a church. That's the way I want to live is, is God, hey, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm living all the way. But I also want you to be someone who calls me into great sacrifice. Why? Because it provides the extraordinary. It opens. So what happens for Noah? He walks in obedience and God provides for him and his family total protection in the next. Are you with me? And I could go all throughout scripture. I could do it all day. People who had everything put together, everything was in order. And then God calls them into a great sacrifice and it then therefore provides in the rest of their life. Amen. So I love the statement that we used in the video. Any generation that is unwilling to sacrifice reduces the inheritance of the next generation. Anytime we say, ah, you know what, I'm good, I'm going to keep, you're reducing what's being sent to the next generation. Do you believe that? Yeah. I believe God works generationally. All throughout scripture, he'd say, hey, stack stones, remember what I've done. Why? To look back and remember, we got to be generationally minded about this thing. Yeah. That's why the scripture says, tomorrow is promised to no man. We use that as a good altar call. Oh, you better get right with the Lord because tomorrow's promise to no man. But it also means this. If we don't plant today, we can't harvest tomorrow. If we don't do something now, if we don't take great measure to, to reach and to expand and do more, then we can't count on harvest tomorrow. Amen. So here's what I want to do. Um, if I called all of you up here, uh, our church is completing its fifth year. And obviously, you know, this church is my baby. It's our child, right? We birthed it. And so if I were to call any of you up here and be, hey, I need you to take, uh, just put together a whole bunch of photos of your kids being raised. Uh, just come up here and I want you to talk about that for the next 20 minutes. You would get very emotional. Are you with me? So I'm just telling you, we're going to actually do that. We're going to go through the irrational ways that God has been faithful to us. Just, you just look at the story of how God has moved on this church and you go, this is just, this is unbelievable. The faithfulness. We say that all the time. God is so faithful. And we make it like just this little thing. But God is so faithful. He's so faithful. God is good. God is faithful. We say, but no, God is so good. He's so good to us and he's so faithful. And I believe that he deserves to be talked about and given thanks for as we're talking about where he's going to lead us. Amen. So we're going to kind of step back to the beginning of this. Uh, Jessica, my wife and I, we won't get into too much before Vertical Church, but there's a lot of story there uh, in how we even got to this point. But basically, we got to the point where we are now moved to Zealand with the desire and the passion to start a church, to start a church right here in West Michigan. This was in the summer of 2013, and we partnered with an organization called ARC, the Association of Related Churches. They coach you in how to plant a church. And so my wife and I, we had no team, we had no money, we had no nothing with us. We just knew God has called us, which is enough. Amen. And, uh, and so we came in and, and so we started connecting with ARC and they're down in Alabama. So the first picture I want to show you is when we headed off to Birmingham. Uh, a couple photos here. You see Church of the Highlands is the church that coaches you. You can see we went down and got training for three days. They did marriage uh, training and consulting and just really looked thoroughly through uh, just our life. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's actually our first logo we rolled out. And um, I'm glad it's different than that now. Amen. <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, this is the start of it all. What you see is that's the minivan we rented. And here's what I want you to know about the, the start of this church right off the bat. That's the minivan we rented. We put in 32 hours of travel, 2,410 miles. But what makes that interesting is that we did that trip with a six-month-old baby. I did it with my wife and with my mother-in-law. So now think about those stats. 32 hours in a rented minivan, 2,410 miles. The church in the very beginning was off to a treacherous start, tremendous start, (laughs) tremendous start. But we went down, we got inspired and we got encouraged. We got the word, we got plans, we got built up. And you're, you're it. We sat in that room and we, we imagined and they poured into us and they gave us vision and, and we prayed that days would come that looked like this. Are you with me? And so what we did is we came back and we, again, we didn't know anything. You know, we didn't have this building secured. We didn't have bank accounts opened. We didn't have anything. This is in, the, in August, uh, the last Sunday of August in 2013, we had what's called a launch meeting. So right here in this room, uh, we began to put on Facebook, even Craigslist, which we had no idea what would come from Craigslist. But we were like, hey, anybody here want to help us start a life-giving church? Uh, Anybody here want to help us plant and be a part of a move of God? And you start saying those things in faith. That's why you got to use your words in faith, because it'll come to pass. Amen? So we're, we're speaking these things before they even come. And so we, we start having these fun little gatherings where we have a little bit of food. That's a caramel apple bar. And um, we do these things, and, and we have kids' space. But again, we, we didn't have anything put together. Again, no bank accounts. Just, I, I remember getting up here at these launch meetings and start talking to people about, yeah, it's going to be this. And people were showing up to these things. And I'm thinking, like, you guys, we have, we have nothing going. I'd get up to these launch meetings like, well, I don't know where we're going to meet. We don't have a bank account. We don't have any money. But God's going to do it. Are you with me? Because he's going to do it. He always does it because he's irrationally faithful. Are you with me? And so we start having these launch meetings. And remember, our first public meeting was the last Sunday of August in 2013. And we launched just a few months later in January. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, and so I'm, you know, connecting with people and it begins to grow. We, we got a dozen people, 25 people, 30 people. Uh, here's some more meetings. Uh, this was in December, uh, obviously the Christmas tree. Uh, it, actually, it could have been November because it's me, so we could have had the tree up really early. We might have got that started early, but, but we start meeting, and you see it's starting to grow, and we're starting to talk about what God's doing and what we dream of it being, and uh, God is irrationally faithful and continuing to grow it and add to it. So then these groups of crazy people, of course, as we're raising money, we're beginning to do things. Uh, our first project, we finally find the space in this building where we're going to meet, and so our first project, when we finally work out uh, where we're going to be, uh, our first project, the first time we ever even swung a hammer was the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Go ahead and show that slide. Uh, so the Saturday after Thanksgiving, if you were to walk up into the elementary room, that, that top picture there uh, on the right, if you were to walk up there, uh, that's the kids' ministry room. It was full of all these different subdivided rooms. If you go up there and look at the rafters, you'll see that those beams are still a part of that. But the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we start renovating, and we got just this huge timeline, and, and you can see yeah, there as it's different. And um, go ahead and throw, throw up the next picture. Um, carpets coming in, and, and we're starting to paint and put things together. Now, listen, we were launching January the 12th of 2014, and you're talking about the Saturday after Thanksgiving with Christmas schedule happening all in between. 
We also didn't have all the money and we didn't have everything that we needed. But God is so good. God is so good. And when I say he's irrationally faithful, I mean it like it makes no sense how faithful he is. Is what I'm trying to get you to see. We don't have, it's not by our own might, it's not by our own hand. It's just, you just keep going with the word that God gave you and he always makes it happen, amen. So we come to our first Sunday, we get all this put together and we're working hard and we're just making everything happen. And we got a video of the highlights of our first Sunday, January the 12th, 2014, check it out. God. So we launched and people showed up and people got saved and God started to continue this amazing journey of just irrational faithfulness, just stuff we could never imagine. He continued to pour on and I'm telling you, it came from great sacrifice. It's people who, who gave just so generously and prayed so generously and came and served and knocked out walls. And listen, anytime you see a header upstairs, like a, a beam, uh, that used to be a wall. And listen, every single piece of drywall, metal, insulation, everything you can think of up there had to come down and out the elevator. You can't open a window. So you got this pastor walking around being like, it's going to be worth it, guys. People are going to show up. And we're dragging stuff out, elevators. And be, but God has so good. And, and he's so faithful. Amen. And so uh, two weeks after our first Sunday, it's now our third Sunday, and this place gets surrounded by witchcraft and the demonic. Go ahead and put that up. Look at this evil work here. <laughs> Look at what happened on our third Sunday. The gates of hell tried to prevail against us. So what you don't know is uh, on the third, so what we did is we sent a mailer 
uh, mass mailer. Many of you have received that. Many of you are actually here because of it. Uh, we sent this mass mailer to the area. But the problem with the mailer is it's like designed to last for several weeks. You know, we say each week there's a different thing and you talk about all the stuff you're offering. And so this is our third Sunday. And here's the crazy statistics about that third Sunday is it was minus 20 degree wind chill. This is 2014. Many of you remember this winter. It had 40 mile per hour whiteouts and 14 inches of snow just in the day before church. So like when they came up and plowed, they came up and plowed this place and just left piles everywhere because they were like, surely no stupid people are going to try to have church. I was like, well, we are. We're going to try to do that. And 150 people still showed up. God is so faithful. Amen. So good. And it's irrational. It's crazy. So as we continued to journey, God just kept doing amazing things through everybody's sacrifices. He just kept showing up. I remember, uh, next slide, guys, some of our serve uh, meetings, we would, we would say, hey, we're, we're looking to add people to this team. And rooms would pack out with people saying, hey, put us on the team. We want to join. That's crazy. We got great churches everywhere. Great churches on every corner that, that you can go and be a part of. Why would anyone want to go to this crusty, rusty old hospital and serve? Are you with me? But, but God is so good and he's so faithful and he always meets us where we are. Amen. And so people show up and we're joining teams and we're able to, to minister and do things with great strength. So then there's this time you saw in the video, you've heard me tell the story before. You saw the chairs in the video. They were green, lima bean green. They were orange and they were yellow. Uh, you guys are all spoiled now. You have lights and you have things and all that stuff. But, but then it was these old hospital chairs and it looked like a pot pie threw up in here. And, uh, and so right away... It didn't quite make the launch budget. We didn't quite have enough money to get these chairs by launch. And so we were just kind of putting away money. And as a start church, if you end up with any savings, you're doing really good. And so in our first couple months, we have some savings. And so uh, the city of Zealand sends us this, this letter. And it's like, hey, uh, it's on our heart as a city to build a splash pad for families. We want this you know, water area to be basically a ministry to our city. My word's not theirs. But, but obviously that's what they're saying is they want to see families connecting, whatever. So we have just enough money now to, to, to get our chairs, these nice cushiony chairs, you know, with like the packets in the back. And you guys are, again, are spoiled. God has been good to you. Amen. Uh, so God starts stirring in my heart as I'm reading this letter. They say, hey, is there any businesses out there that would like to give to this? And, da, da, da. and I just get this stirring of like, what if we as a church planted a seed into that? What if we said to the city of Zealand, like, yeah, we believe in families connecting and loving each other. And, and Are you with me? So I'm just kind of talking to the team and the board. And I'm like, hey, I got this crazy idea. I feel like I want to give all of our chair money away to this splash pad. And they're like, so, well, so you, what are you going to, like, can you walk there from the church? I, don't, I like, what do you, no, I just want to put a seed in the city of Zealand. We just, we love our city. Are you with me? So they said, absolutely, let's do it. And so we left the, the rest of the church on the pot pie chairs, and they had to deal with it and um, fill out the paperwork, return it into the city. And um, I get a call a few weeks later, and they're like, hey, is this a pastor of Vertical Church? Like, yeah. Um, hey, we got your paperwork. You must have made a mistake. You know, we just see the amount of money that you wanted to give to the splash pad. And they said, hey, um, we just, you must have made a mistake because there's no way that a church would want to do this. And I said, no, we do. We, we love the city. Like, like we should, and, and like, like you love the city, and we just want to work together with you. I said, wow, we're just really surprised because there's just no other churches have ever done this before. Wow. 
you got to remember, we're like 90 days old. We're, we're, we're not crushing it. Are you with me? And, and I was like, no, I just want you to know we love the city. Now, that isn't a put down on any other church. We have extremely generous churches everywhere, and we love and pray for all of them. We work together with them through our outreach center. It's not a put down at all. But what it was is it was a message from the heart of Vertical Church to the heart of the city saying, hey, we're in this together. And from that day forward, the city has always called us as if we're friends because we are. Hey, we need something. Let's call Vertical Church because they care about working together with us. So whether it be our parades or whatever events we connect with together, we're in it with our city. And that's a huge testimony. Amen. Because what? Because God is so good and he's so faithful when he leads people in sacrifice. Amen. Another opportunity that we had is Kids Hope. Uh, we heard of the opportunity and you know the mentorship program where we can connect uh, with Kids Hope. It's one of the staples of what we do around here. And you get to mentor one student for one hour every week through the entire school year. And what's amazing for us is through Woodbridge Elementary, we're now mentoring 36 students as a church. Give it up to God for that. We get... We get to throw parties, we get to love on them, we get to connect with them. What's amazing about Woodbridge is we have a mentor in that school almost covering the entire school day every day. Just by the time it spreads out and they overlap and all the different things, we basically have presence of God filling the school through people sacrificing of their time. Are you with me? So when we signed up for Kids Hope, I said, hey, we want to be a part of this. We met the principals, same thing. They called us back. They said, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is incredible. This is the most a church has ever launched with, started with, amount of people that we've ever connected with. Why? Not because we're amazing, not because we're bragging on ourselves, but it's because when God commissions something, he sees it through because he's so faithful and he's so good when we step out and sacrifice. Amen. So we eventually got around to buying you new chairs. You're sitting in them. And we did this cause uh, called uh, our 21 Days of Prayer. And uh, we wore these wristbands to remind us to pray. And then we also gave a donation to basically buy a chair. And then uh, we invited people. And what's amazing is in our one service after this uh, event, we called it our open house. You can go ahead and throw that slide up. We did this open house. We invited people to come out and connect and be a part of it. What's amazing is that one service that we were running then became capacity. Uh, through the sacrifice that everybody made of inviting people and, and sowing a seed of buying a chair, it then filled our services, or our one service, to the point that it was time to go to two services. Some of you remember uh, you became a part of this church through that second service launch. And so what we did as a church is we began to talk about, we can't stay here. How wonderful would it be to just be in one service and we could just keep it all easy, but we know that God is calling us to more and to greater. And so we casted the vision about, we gotta be a church on a mission and we gotta go out and we gotta reach. Uh, we shared this graphic, which you hear me share a lot, uh, is this, we are a church not called to be a cruise ship, where we just entertain each other and we all just eat well and get bloated as Christians. No, we're a battleship church. We're sent on a mission to make a difference and, and, and break down darkness. Are you with me? And so we said, I believe that if we go to two services, God will grow it and God will bless it and, and, and God will increase it. And so we did that. We sent another mailer and uh, the mailer, many of your names are on that. Some of you are the result of that mailer. You're now here connected to this body because that mailer went out to the entire area. And so many of you remember through that mailer, we went to our second services and almost right away, God filled both because he's so good and he's so faithful and he always takes care of his people. Amen. This is one of my favorites is the faithfulness 
that he's been to our outreach center. For those of you that don't know, our, our outreach center works with hand-to-hand. Uh, we feed almost 140 families uh, on a, a weekly basis, and they go and they pack and they connect. And um, here's how hand-to-hand started. It was kind of one of our next journeys. We said, hey, we want to be a part of hand-to-hand. This, I believe, was at the end of 2016. We said, hey, we want to meet the kids, or we want to meet the needs of kids in schools. Uh, we want to be able to feed them, send them home with a lunch on the weekend. And, um, and this is how we started. And because God is so irrationally faithful. We literally could not keep up. As we started sacrificing, saying yes to the word and to the ways of God, it, go ahead, next slide, it just began to take off. Many of you remember this. So that was the room with one. And then very shortly later, we needed more shelves. And then you heard us at Legacy get up and say, hey, we, we, need, to, we need to expand this. And God opened some space for us at City on the Hill. Go ahead, next slide. And we were able to do this. And so there's, this is where packing used to happen. Uh, they would put up tables in the middle, and they would host the food around the outside. And um, shortly, very quickly, right after that, because God is so good and he's so faithful, he began to add and add. And guess what? More space right connected to that opened up. You know this from last year. It opened right up, and so we were able to start uh, doing some demolition and open concept bathrooms we were able to do. And <laughs> If you haven't been down there, you should. No, I'm just kidding. But the faithfulness of, again, it was connected right to our outreach center, and it was a great need for us. And so we were able to expand into the other space. And go ahead, here's some live footage of this is what it looks like to pack now, just a full-length table all the way down. And then our food space is on the other side, um, which you'll be able to see some more of that in just a minute. And so just an incredible, again, irrational faithfulness. God always does what the scripture says so much more than you could ask, think, or imagine. We pray and we ask God for the ways and he speaks to us and he shows us what he wants to do, but then he always just exceeds expectation more than we could ask, think, or imagine. I'll close with this. We are in a place as a church where God is ready to do it again. Uh, As a church, uh, he has provided and positioned us to be able to take some more steps. Uh, again, as legacy, that's what we're always seeking to do. God, what's next? What's the next big thing that you've called us to do? And so I'm excited to be able to share with you that up on the second floor, again, isn't it surprising, rightly connected to our space, a very large ministry has moved out called Kids Hope. And um, Kids Hope has moved into a different space and that space has become available. And so what that gives us the ability to do as a church is we can move our offices into their office space in every single room in our kids' ministry space. Gets to double. I said, oh, how do you get, why do you get emotional about that? Because if you didn't just learn, anytime we make the room, God fills it. So what does that mean? That means when we get up and talk next year, we're gonna get up here and talk about how we have twice as many kids being ministered to and hearing of the hope of God and and hearing of God for the first times in their lives. That, That doesn't, anyway. So we did that as a launch church. We prayed, God, give us a church for families. And the average church runs somewhere in the 20% range, adults to kid ratio. So they run around, if the adult to kid ratio, the average uh, national average healthy church runs in about the 20 some percent ratio. We run in the 50 to 55% ratio. 
we prayed it as a launch team. God, we want to be a church for families. We want to be able to minister to kids. We haven't quite figured out who's dropping off all the kids yet. But, but here's why it's really important. And I'm actually going to get into the details with you next week. We're going to talk about how the rooms are going to change and the expanse, expenses. We'll talk about all those things coming up in the next couple of weeks. But here's the deal. You've seen some of those rooms, and many of you that have kids, uh, like you've seen some of those little rooms that we're in. You know, they're as big as they can be right now. We've had like 18 kids in some of these little two and three rooms. Like we almost went to Ikea and got cubbies just to put the kids in. It'd be like a rotation. Here's your 10 minutes down, you go up. Because it is crazy in there. But it all doubles. It all doubles through what God is going to do through legacy. Are you with me? But it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take great sacrifice on our end. And here's the, here's the number uh, that we are talking about to be able to do this. The number is the same number that we had when we launched this church. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying as a church, it's basically a relaunch for us. We're going to be able to double the kids' space. We're going to be able to add up here. Uh, we're going to be ready to just go and, and, and get the harvest. Are you with me? And I'll talk about it more in upcoming weeks. But statistically, a half a million people in a 30-mile radius of here do not go to church. A half a million people in our 30-mile radius right now this morning need church. They need us to grow and expand and sacrifice so that they can encounter a God who loves them and can set them free from their addictions. Are you with me? And so that's what we're believing for. And here's what I know. Well, let me give you the number, uh, which I didn't say, but it cost us about $100,000 to launch as a church the first time. And we're believing to do the same thing. We wanna have excellent classroom spaces. We wanna, we wanna be able to, you know, we, here's the deal. As a church, it's our mission. I'll talk about it coming up. Here's the deal. We believe in excellence, not extravagance. I think you've seen churches and other people in Christian television ministries get up and say, oh, God wants to have you. And they start talking about extravagance over the top. Are you with me? But I also do believe that God honors excellence because excellence creates comfort. And when people feel at peace, God can minister to their heart. So we're, so we're going to take great care of the kids. We're going to expand all that kind of stuff. This money, uh, this dollar amount, and again, we'll talk to you about it more coming up. Uh, it, it includes a mailer. It includes us being able to mail to the city and say, God, do it again. Let's do it again. Let's continue to harvest. And so we'll break some of those down coming up. But 100,000, we believe this is like, this is another launch for us. This is another where, again, we'll get up in a year from now and be like, look what the Lord has done. He's so good. He's so faithful. I don't know how it's going to make sense. I don't, but he does it every time. Are you with me? And here's what I, I want to say is this. Uh, the truth is we don't need your participation. If at any point you're like, I feel like he's been in my arm. I feel like it's a, a thing. It's, if, if you have any whatever about it, I would actually encourage you not to participate. Because the scripture says this. Uh, we'll throw this one up here. You can find it. It says this. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. If God hasn't told you to give it, if God hasn't instructed you to do whatever you're feeling called to do, then don't be a part of it. And, and, and here's what I want to say in that is this. Here's why we don't need your participation if, if, if you're saying, ah, is this. What God assigns, he provides for. And I love this, what God commissions, he gives provisions. So it's God's job. It's God's job to make all this kind of happen. And so don't let anything I'm saying, don't let anything kind of 
let God speak to your heart about how you want to be involved and, and what he wants you to do. And, and, and if you aren't feeling led, don't. Is that, is that fair? Can I say that this morning? Like, I hope, I hope you don't hear me saying that as like an egotistical or a strong. I'm really trying to say it away as this. I want this thing to be pure, totally pure. I want it to be not led by manipulation or by man or by video or by graphic or by anything. I want it all to be led and spoke by God. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. This church in a monthly basis has a reoccurring number of about 400 people who attend. So about 400 people who attend throughout the month on a consistent basis. And then uh, what we could say is if you broke those up into couples, you have 200 couples. So 400, cut that in half because there are a couple. Let's say we have 200 couples. So if everybody gave $1,000, if every couple gave $1,000, we'd, we'd get after it. You know, we'd double our number. And so what we've done, and obviously we realize not everybody can do that, but what we've done is we've put together these pledge cards because our pace is gonna be pretty quick. There's actually been uh, demolitions starting to happen in some of those spaces. And so this versus any other year, uh, we've done something a little different. We put together these pledge cards for you to take home. And all you do is you go home, you pray, you do what that scripture says, you see what God would say to you, and then you fill it out and then just fold it up. And then on the upcoming Sundays, you, you can either give directly right then if you know what you wanna give, or if you just wanna make your pledge. We'll be receiving legacy offering all the way to the end of the year. I know many of you like to do year-end giving, charitable donation receipts, all that stuff, of course, goes with this. Uh, but just take this, pray about it. You can mark your number. We realize not 200 couples can do 1,000. So what if 75 couples could do 500? And those numbers become very, very doable when we start to break it up in a, in a goal like that. Are you with me? And then the other one on there is called Other talked about earlier, maybe you're in a position where you can do an extravagant offering. You can do one of those, we kind of joked about earlier, painful offering, like, God, you've blessed me with this. I've just received, I don't want it, but you're telling me to. And that's great. We've seen so many people give that way and they never, ever, ever regret it. Amen. So take this card, pray about it, have it home with you, talk, of course, your spouse about it and um, whatever you feel led to give. Uh, the pledges just help us plan and prepare as we have a quick timeline to be ready for the new year and some of the programming we want to have leading all the way up to Easter. Um, it will help us just be ready to hit all that with excellence. Amen. And so why don't you stand? We'll pray and um, we'll talk about this and how amazing it's going to be the next few weeks um, as they come. Appreciate you guys letting me go over. Um, when you pick up your kids from kids ministry, slip them a 50. That wasn't a joke. That was, we're going to need to do that, you guys. Uh, but uh, let me pray for you. Take these cards home with you. Again, pray about it. Bring them back with you. And um, if you have any questions, of course, we're an open book. We would love to chat about how God is working this way. And um, can't wait to give him the glory. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for what you're doing in this church, what you've already done. Lord, you're so faithful and you're so good. Lord, I thank you that you're going to speak to us about how you'd have a sacrifice. All for your kingdom, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.